Okay, so John, if you and me were the Spice Girls... Mm-hmm. God willing, someday we will be. <laughs> what would our Spice names be? Oh, God. That would be a bit depressing, wouldn't it? <laughs> I think... <laughs> I don't know. I think mine would probably be like arranged overdraft spice or a middle management <laughs> spice or something. Like. Sure. Hairy spice, maybe. I don't know. And me? Hungry spice? Hungry spice? Yeah. That's, that's solid, actually. Yeah, that's yeah. good. See, for me, I was thinking hairy spice. Hairy spice, sure. Actually, yeah, you are hairier than me, so yeah, yeah. you'd be hairy spice. I don't, don't know why you picked hairy spice for yourself. Well, I've got a beard, you know, relative to the, the women, you know. I, I was going to call you balding spice. Love it. Well, you're out of the band. <laughs> Get lost, Jerry. Welcome to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels and spin-offs to films that don't have any. I'm Harry, joining me as always is John. Hello. You're drinking a beer there. And uh, yeah, this week you might guess we're doing Spice World. We are doing Spice World the movie. Now this was going to be a guest episode, this was supposed to be the return of our good friend Sebastian Clark. Sadly he has not been able to join us because we are terrible at timekeeping. timekeeping. We were supposed to record this last night. And we ended up writing sequels until like half ten at night, and he actually has a job. So yeah, neither of us actually thought about he yeah, has a job. day job, and he was like, I actually can't <laughs> stay up until like past midnight to record this. I have to go and be a teacher. So, so apologies to Basti for not allowing his guest slot to work out, but we'll have him on another time with another good girl. Has he uh, sent us a sequel? He hasn't had time now, so. Okay. Uh, but we will have him on, on on another occasion with another great film. Well, we'll, see, we'll see if we can like publish that online as a yeah, yeah. If, if if he's able to provide an outline of what his sequel would be, we will put it out there for you too. Because I'm sure it will be unmissable. So yeah, yeah. So this ed- episode is dedicated to Basti. With mm-hmm. our apologies. He's not dead. No, he's not dead. No. <laughs> well, he might be. I've in seen loving him in a few memory. Um, uh, but yeah, so the reason is uh, because we are in the midst of our Sing Your Way to an Oscar season, the increasingly inaccurately titled. Um, <laughs> so far, nothing, uh, nobody's actually come anywhere near winning an Oscar. But, Cher. Oh, sure. I was no Cher has won an Oscar. You're right. <laughs> How could I forget? Um, shame on me. Yeah, so it's musicians who then became actors or who appeared in films. And so this week we have five notable musicians who... Notable? Notable. The biggest selling girl band in the world, thank you very much, of all time, at the height of their success in the mid-90s. I mean, the we've, got, we've got Elton in this, so let's, let's just concentrate on him, shall we? Well, he does play a very important role. He's, so. he's the musician of the film, let's, sure. let's well, be honest. Okay, if this is going to be the way this is going to run, I'm out right now. I'm not <laughs> going to have this an hour and a half of you just dissing the Spice Girls. Oh, you can hear those right there. So, yeah, around 1998, at the height of Spice Girls mania, they released a film called Spice World the Movie, and that is this film. So, Harry, f- first off, what did you think of the film, then? Well, what are your memories of the Spice Girls? Because you're 24, just about to turn 25. Mm-hmm. I'm 32. So I am peak Spice Girls. I, I came of age when they came out. They were hugely important in my life. They are, you know, one of my absolute favourite pop bands. Still love them to this day. Saw them live on the reunion tour 10 years ago. What, what are your kind of Spice memories? Um, my sisters used to listen to them. Uh-huh. I think that's pretty much it. And I'm guessing you would not seen the movie before then, no? Uh, no, there, there was a moment where I was like, wait, have I seen this? I, I assume that the Spice Bus wasn't a creation for this. That was... Yeah. Was it a creation for this? It wasn't the actual tour bus. Oh, I might have seen this then. Oh, okay. But that's, just, all, that's all I have. That's all that's stuck in your memory, okay. <laughs> Why was that not their actual tour bus? Be well, a great tour bus. Well, I mean, it, obviously not the inside. I was going to say, because it, it, it's, it's like a TARDIS. Like it's, <laughs> <laughs> the dimensions are insane. Like, <laughs> like, Richard E. Grant has an office on the top deck with a balcony. Like, what's... <laughs> Anyway, um, so what did you think of the film? Uh, well, it was a bit stupid, really, wasn't it? A bit stupid. <laughs> but, I mean, did it you was... enjoy watching it? Yeah, I guess, because like, it, it, it's... I forget how it starts, but it, it sets the scene for what it is yeah. fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. And so at no point was I expecting a serious film. No. It wasn't too out there when aliens landed Mm-hmm. and uh, they had a conversation with some aliens that wasn't too ridiculous for this film. It already set stakes at that point, so yeah. you're like, yeah, anything can happen in this film. Yeah, so, yeah. no, it did well then. Yeah, it was all right, it was, it was quite enjoyable. Yeah, because I feel like this film gets a really bad rep, mm-hmm. because people always say, oh, it's so awful, it doesn't make any sense, and you know, it's just nonsense, but it's like, what do you expect? Like, what, 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 who <laughs> wants to watch, like, a really serious Spice Girls film? Like, I don't want to see the Spice Girls in fucking The Post. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know... 
it's lightweight, it's nonsensical, it's cheap and cheerful, but for that, it's got a, it moves along at a really good pace, it's got a lot of really good jokes, and it's just, it's just silly fun, like, I think this yeah, is... Yeah, it completely is, just some, some great yeah, silly fun. And exactly, it's just a bit, and, and a, all, I, all jokes aside, I had a really good time with it. I'm glad, well, good, 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 I'm glad. Yeah, because I, I think this is a bit of an underrated, absurdist classic. I think it's very much, like, in the absurdist mould of, like, Monty Python. Obviously, I'm not saying it's as good as a Monty Python film, mm-hmm. but I think it's definitely in that same kind of very, it's a very British kind of film. Yeah. And yeah, so I think like people, people who complain about this film mostly are, miss, are missing the points of it. I think mm-hmm. like nobody goes into this film expecting amazing acting or a, a plot that makes sense. I agree. It's a weird film to complain about. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Who's it offending? Indeed. Indeed. A lot of people you'd be surprised, like people who's generally, it's just pop music. People don't like pop music. People really, really. If, if you're not a Spice Girls fan, why watch this film? Exactly. Unless the the clue is in the title. Unless you're doing it for a stupid podcast. Yeah. The clue is in the title. I think I got what you want. Would you just shut up and watch this? These are the Spice Girls. This is what our movie should be about. They're young, they're cute, they're hip, they're wacky. Yeah, but can they act? What? Act? Did anyone care if Marilyn Monroe could act? All they cared was she in focus. I just got an idea. I think you're going to love it. You can see it very clearly. It's the Spice Girls. There's five of them. And they're singers. I love it. We pitched this afternoon. How would you sum up the plot of this film, then? Oh, my God. That's a, that's a question for you. <laughs> so the Spice Girls have got this gig coming up that's going to be their biggest gig mm-hmm. ever. They're doing the Royal Albert Hall, and that's going to be broadcast internationally. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not stressing out, but their manager... Played by Richard E. Grant. Played by Richard E. Grant. Great casting for this. Oh, yeah. Um, he's completely stressed out by the whole thing, and he seems overly stressed that they're not stressed. Yeah. And, uh, what do you think of Richard E. Grant's suits? Not much. <laughs> let's let's just say not much. I loved how his ties were always the same and, and shirts and they were all, it was all one colour. Yeah. Like the exact same shade. Oh god, they were awful. <laughs> but it worked though. Like and he had them in different it wasn't like just one suit, he had one in green and one in purple and yeah, one in blue. Yeah. Like he had a few suit changes, but they were all like monochromatic. It was amazing. Mm. <laughs> and uh, there's a film crew trying to trying to make a documentary of this. Played by... Um, Alan Cumming. Alan Cumming. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, they're doing an awful job. Yeah, I was. I found myself constantly thinking, who is going to pay for this unwatchable footage? Yeah. Cause I, every- I, I love how he's... So, so he's, I guess, the director of it, and they've got a camera guy and a microphone guy. Mm-hmm. But yet he's constantly talking over it. Yes. He, he, he's not getting in shot, but, you know, the microphone guy must be having a nightmare, just like, mate, stop talking! Yeah. <laughs> I think he does actually say that at one point, just mm-hmm. like, you're talking over all the... All my material. But what material? Like, every time you see a shot from the camera, it's, like, really super grainy, like, the old VHS style. Yeah. It seems like they do have an agreement, like, to shoot the documentary, but they never cooperate. Like, the Spice Girls mm-hmm. never cooperate with the documentary. So they're always, like, shooting from, like, weird angles, like, from, from below a balcony or from above the ceiling or something. Like, yeah. Like, the, one of the main scenes with them is when they're literally just on a balcony while the girls are rehearsing on the ground floor with Jules Holland. Mm. And they're just shooting from over the girls' heads while they're rehearsing. That, that's going to look awful. And there's yeah. no mics there, so they're not going to pick anything up. So, yeah. It's like the, it's like the entire documentary is going to consist of, like, B-roll footage. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, yeah, there's, there's that. And then there's also a storyline. There's a guy who's head of a newspaper who's trying to get a good story. So he's... Yeah, he wants to bring down the Spice Girls. So he's kind of, yeah, he's kind of trying to bring down the Spice Girls, but not really putting any effort into causing conflict. Well, he he's hires he, Richard O'Brien as the evil photographer. Yeah, he's just hi- hired, hired Richard O'Brien as an evil photographer just to, to capture these moments or or these words that they say, these sentences that they say, just when they happen. Mm-hmm. He, that, that, that guy's not causing any trouble. No, a he's, cutting satire into the, me- into the media. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I was fully expecting there to be a villain who's making lots of problems for them and mm-hmm. trying to make them fall out. But uh, no, this guy's just filming on whatever. Yeah. Try this for size. Spice Girls live show. Cancelled. It's not bad. Spice Girls fall out. (laughs) Spice Girls split up. Think how many copies of the paper will sell with a headline like that. I like it. I can make it happen, Brad. Me, Kevin McMaxford. I put them up there. I can bring them down. Yes. So, for some reason, they seem to go on a tour of the country. Mm-hmm. For what reason? They're just doing lots of press. Like, you know, they're just promoting. That's oh, what okay. the life of a pop star is. It's constantly travelling around the world or the country. 
going on various TV shows and promoting things and photo shoots. It's just it's a window into the you know the, the so, hectic life of a Spice Girl. And so yeah, they're doing that in the in the Spice Bus, which is there's no other word than fabulous. Yeah, I love how they've all got their own sections. Yeah, and even though they're not that big, but. Like I like how Posh has got a catwalk. Yeah, it's like a very very small catwalk, but it's still definitely a catwalk, and she's just standing there the whole time. <laughs> yeah, Melcy's got her exercise bike. Baby Spice is just surrounded by teddy bears. Yeah, her creepy little child's bed. Yeah, with teddy bears. Yeah, <laughs> one of the running themes of this film is the, the Spice Girls kind of almost railing against their being pigeonholed in terms of their personalities because mm-hmm. the, the names that they got in real life baby spice sporty spice ginger spice posh spice and scary spice they didn't come up with that when they first started out they had a, ma- a magazine feature where there was like a competition to name them okay and people voted to give them names and that's so they looked mm-hmm. there's just a photo of the wall and so someone decided that emma Wilson looks childish she, she's baby spice and mm-hmm. the black one's scary so she's scary spice. <laughs> <laughs> it's ropey but um yeah <laughs> But yeah, so and so they're all kind of like, well, I'm more than I'm not just. But it's kind of a running joke. It's like I'm not just scary, Rah! or you know, I'm not. Why do people always think I'm sporty? And she's just like constantly trembling. And uh, <laughs> it, it was weird because I was like, what is Ginger Spice's personality in this film? I, I don't know. Yeah. She seems to be the most sensible. Yeah. Well, I guess she is. Um, she's like pop psychology spice. Mm-hmm. She's always going on about like horoscopes and um, mm-hmm. all that kind of, which is very much true to Jerry Halliwell's personality. But yeah, there's a funny scene where they're talking about like, oh, maybe we are just exactly what people say we are. And then they look like Posh Spice looks at her like rail of Gucci dresses and Mel C. Sporty looks at her treadmill or her exercise bike and Emma Bunsen looks at her teddy bears. And then Jerry just kind of looks at her boobs and then looks back up again. <laughs> so is, is her personality her breasts? Like, <laughs> she thinks it is. She thinks it is, yeah. Fed up with people thinking that all I do is talk about clothes all the time. Yeah, people are really shallow. They only judge you on what you look like. Exactly. I don't get it. Why do people stereotype us all the time? There was also a weird bit getting towards the end of this film where they all wake up in the morning or something like, I had a really weird dream last night that I had no head. <laughs> so did I. I had the same dream. So did I. And then Posh is like, I had a terrible dream as well. I had a dream that I had no makeup on. <laughs> um, which, yeah, yeah, great funny joke. But I was wondering, so they all had the same dream apart from Posh. Was that going somewhere? I think it was the, their collective consciousness. Okay. okay. Yeah. I thought it was going to be some sort of mystic thing with those aliens or something. But, Maybe, yeah. But mm. no, nothing at all. No. Nothing came of that having the same dream. Well, it was one of many things that just they picked up and dropped. Like, yeah. <laughs> there wasn't a lot of like through lines in this film, as we've established. Although the whole thing with their personalities does lead to something I always enjoy in a movie, mm. which is a fancy dress montage. Oh, yeah. Posh, clearly the standout when she dresses Baby Spice. and goes, my mum's my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's the venom she had for it. I loved it. Like, yeah. She was easily the most quotable. <laughs> What was your favourite posh moment? Oh, God. I mean, so many. When they're on the boat, when they take the kids out on the boat trip, they've got these two little kids uh, on the, and they're taking them around the Thames yeah. on like a speedboat. Seems unsafe. Well, it is unsafe because then the photographer starts pursuing them and they're trying to get away and then they end up hitting a block of like wood or something and then the boat capsizes and everyone falls into the water. Mm-hmm. And I think Sporty Spice saves the kids. Yeah, and then Victoria Beckham lets out this blood-curdling scream and then she says, This dress is dry clean only, Melanie. <laughs> This dress is dry clean only, Melanie. Did our sharks in the tents? Oh, shut up. Vicky, do you want to wear this? I'm not that desperate, thank you. I also liked the scene where they find the boy in the coma at the hospital. Oh, yeah. Malcolm, it's the Spice Girls. They've come to talk to you. Isn't that wonderful? Hello, Malcolm. It's Jerry. I'm Melanie C. And I'm Victoria, Malcolm. Shh. She had all of the best lines. Yeah. She was easily the standout for me. Yeah, yeah, she was. One thing I'll say for this film is that it doesn't allow you to get bored because it moves on to the next thing so fast. Like, mm, the whole thing yeah, just moves, 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 moves. It's such a rapid pace and there's suddenly something else is happening. It's really rapid fire. So it is, it's not really so much a narrative film as a selection of scenes mixed with a 90-minute advert for their new album. Mm. Like, there's so much music in this film. Yeah, yeah. Every single song from the second album, Spice World, is... Oh, the, the album, the album was Spice called Spice World, yeah. Right. Is in this film, plus a couple of the early hits and some other songs as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's absolutely constant. Mm. So, yeah, any, any scenes that stood out to you from the many? Well, yeah, there's a whole storyline we've not spoken about, and that's the parts that we were playing, where there's two guys just trying to pitch movie ideas. Yeah, I thought that too. It was like they would be on the box set, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're trying... It's, it's like quite meta. It's like a movie in a movie. Yeah. So they're kind of trying to pitch 
what a Spice Girls movie would look like. And they come up with all these crazy ideas. And Richard E. Grant just gives amazing deadpan facial expressions at each one of them. Mm. When they're in the cafe outside, he's wearing his green outfit. Oh, yeah. yeah. With his sunglasses on. <laughs> oh, God, this film is so dated. In what sense? So unbelievably dated. It captures a moment in time. Yeah, mm. back when Jonathan Ross didn't have a beard. Mm. <laughs> That's what dates it for you. <laughs> <laughs> we mentioned how Richard E. Grant is obviously, who I think is, alongside Victoria Beckham, the clear like MVP of this movie. Like He's yeah. absolutely the standout. He is... Perfect casting. Mm-hmm. I love the suits. I love his little soul patch. <laughs> <laughs> his facial hair in this film is absolutely on point. Um, in that it's awful. In that it's absolutely terrible, yeah. <laughs> but it feels like his job is to kind of just corral the girls and try and control these like really uncontrollable like women. Yeah. His boss is Sir Roger Moore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. He, what was it? What was he? Record what, label exec? Where, where was he in his career at this point? Well, he's post-Bond, obviously. Well, yeah, clearly, but... Man, why, why did he take this gig? Why did anyone take this gig? For a laugh, like, you know... I guess. A laugh and a paycheck. You know, no one's career was damaged by this. No one's like, oh, he was in the Spice World movie. He's uncastable. True. True. You know, this movie is like... It's critic-proof. Mm-hmm. No, it, it's, it's just a, a bit of fun. Nobody's going to, like, judge you for doing it. And I think he was fantastic, though. I'm surprised you didn't bring him up, like, mm-hmm. Sir Roger Moore. No, oh, I just forgot about Just him. spouting nonsense, non sequiturs. I love how in, in each new scene he's got a new animal. Yeah, it's like, is, is this in a petting zoo? Yeah. <laughs> like, I think he starts off with a cat and he's obviously just mirroring the, like... The Bond villain, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then he, it's turned into, like, a turtle and a pig. And, and like, a rabbit, fe- yeah. I think he's feeding the pig at one point as well. At <laughs> one point the pig kind of freaks out, which I'm pretty sure wasn't scripted, but yeah, he just kind yeah. of carries on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my favourite bits, like... So weird. It's a true actor. You can act yeah. with the pig. Never work with children, animals, or spice girls. No. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's under control, Chief. Then let us enjoy this triumph while we can. Before the hounds of catastrophe break free of their shackles and slobber <laughs> chaos all over our faces once again. Ciao, Chief. There's some quite dark moments in this film, I know, or quite adult moments, because at the end of the film, so he's trying to get them to this to do this gig that they seem quite reluctant to do, mm-hmm. or they're quite nervous about, whatever. And then towards the end of the film, they go missing. So there's a scene where he's waiting at the Royal Albert Hall, and they're not going to show up, and he's like, it's a disaster, I'm just going to end it all. He pulls out a noose. He's all, <laughs> apparently just keeps with him, just in case yeah. he ever needs to kill himself. <laughs> and then the documentary makers all, oh, this will be good. I think the cameraman's like, should we help him? He's like, no, no, this is good footage. And then they're genuinely disappointed when he does not, in fact, hang himself in this movie that is ostensibly for children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Strange. I thought that was really funny. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so that came out of the the rather like sad little side plot of their little their friend. Mm-hmm. Somehow these scenes all have the same best friend. Yeah. Um, but she's all of their best friends. Mm-hmm. And so she comes into the film about 20 minutes in when they rehearse in, in the rehearsal space and mm-hmm. she's like nine months pregnant. A, a week overdue from the beginning. Like, mm-hmm. The time frame of this film puzzles me, but yeah, basically she's already like a week overdue. And then she kind of cheerfully announces, oh, Trevor's left me. Mm-hmm. So like the, the father of her child has left her when she's literally like nine months pregnant. Like mm-hmm. what a monster. Yeah. But she seems kind of okay with it. She's, she's just like, oh, what a pain. Men, eh? Men. <laughs> like, isn't that just typical of men? Like... <laughs> So yeah, she pops up every now and again. It doesn't seem like she was ever in the band. It's not like they ditched her. No. Like maybe she just doesn't have any musical talent or whatever. There was that weird bit at the party where all six of them are hanging out and then they, the, the Spice Girls have all got to go off somewhere. Mm. And then some guy comes up to her and says, oh, so who are you? Are you, are you with the band or someone? And she goes, oh no, I'm, I'm nobody. Yeah. And then the guy walks off and then she looks like she's really offended by it. Like, well, have some have some ambition. Just, like, introduce yourself a bit more than, like, oh, no, I'm nobody. That's what I mean. Like, there's... like oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a good friend of the band. Yeah. Um, there's, there's this sad, lingering shot of her, like, stood on her own at the party, like, just, like, eating crisps, just looking really, like, vulnerable. It's yeah. like, what a weird choice. Because then, yeah, it doesn't really come up much again. Like, I guess there's a whole thing where she, the, the Spice Girls are conflicted because they keep... Their promotional duties are stopping them from being as good friends to her as they want to be. Because, you know, mm. the whole thing with the Spice Girls is friendship never ends. Mm-hmm. They're not giving her the time and the attention that that, they, that she needs. But, but at the same time, every, it seems to be every now and again she'll show up and they'll take her somewhere and then just ditch her. Mm. And that just keeps happening. Like, she turns up at that party, as you say, and then she, she's like, oh, I'm nobody. Later on, they decide to ditch all their promotional activities and they go, decide to go and find her and take her out clubbing. When she's already two weeks overdue, which really <laughs> seems like a bad idea. And then they go to the club and then 
They're like, the, the, their song comes on, Wannabe comes on. Mm-hmm. The club looked fabulous. I really want to go. Mm. It was all drag queens and Spice Girls songs. It was great. But their song comes on, like, oh, I want to dance. So they all go and dance. And again, they just ditch the poor girl. They just like drag her to this club and just ditch her. And then inevitably she goes into labour. Mm-hmm. So then they all have to kind of help. Then they all come rushing back. They drive us to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Well, Meatloaf does because he's their driver. Meatloaf is in this film. Oh. The girl's in labour and they're all like, like push, push, push. And it's like, close your legs. She should have done that nine months ago. Which is another very adult joke for this film. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Anybody know how to deliver a baby? Don't look at me. Don't worry, I know all about home delivery. Yeah, right. Well, I read it in a book. Okay, the first thing to do is, um, put your legs together. Well, that's a bit late. You should have done that nine months ago. Oh, don't make me laugh, She has the baby, the cleanest baby ever delivered. Like, it's <laughs> really spiky hair. Really spiky hair, <laughs> yeah. This baby is a good six months old. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's beautiful, Bonnie. There's no, there's no kind of sign of any umbilical cord or afterbirth juicy going on. It's just... Mm-hmm. You know, Clean birth, painless, she's fine. Mm-hmm. And the girls learn a valuable lesson. Which was what? Friendship never ends. Okay. I don't know, yeah. It's a beat room! It's a girl! I'm telling you, with hands like that, she'll make a great goalie one day. <laughs> now that is girl power. I feel like we didn't talk about the photographer enough, Richard O'Brien. Mm. It seemed like he was a mutant. Yeah, what was going on with him? He was definitely not human. No. Like, he climbs out of a toilet. Yeah. <laughs> Is he an X-Man? I, it, would, it would explain a lot. Mm. He could just disappear at will. Yeah. I do think this film is actually very comparable to Deadpool. Yeah? More or less? Yeah. In the sense that it's like a, it's like a meta film that's commenting on itself. And it's kind of adds, does a lot of like fourth wall breaking. Mm. Does a lot of commenting on itself and kind of what kind of film it is. Like, yeah, I, find, I think a lot of the humour is very Deadpoolish. Yeah? Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. This film was ahead of its time. <laughs> okay. What did you think of the climax of the film with the bus chase? When they're racing through London to get to the gig. Uh, Posh is driving Posh for is some driving. reason. And what, where they all get on the roof? Mm-hmm. And th- this guy's doing a movie pitch. Oh, yeah, because he's, pitch- yeah, he's pitching action sequences. And he's like, and they're all on the roof for reasons. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a bomb strapped to the bus, because <laughs> there always is. Now they're coming up on the Tower Bridge. The road is rising right in front of them to let them both through. The bridge is going up! They can't believe it! Oh my god, I don't believe it! Crazy enough to try and jump the gap? Ah! Mm. Hold on to your knickers, girls! Mm. Hey, baby! These are the Spice Girls! Of course they're gonna go yeah. Up it goes! A five-ton London bus sailing through the air at 70 miles an hour. It's incredible. It's expensive. And then it cuts to a little claymation thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was like pure Monty Python. Like. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, I thought that was great. Uh, and then Richard E. Grant just attacks them. Like, no, they've suffered enough. So the bomb just doesn't really... Mm. There, there was no bomb. Mm-hmm. Right? And yeah, and then I guess the film ends with the concert. Mm-hmm. Then there's a little post credit scene where it kind of breaks the fourth wall even more because it's actually the actors. You've got Alan Cumming like, why am I doing this ridiculous accent? And yeah, Richard E. Grant like, yeah, this would be great for my career. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? Some people are watching this on video. Is there nothing on telly then? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but you know what they're wondering now, don't you? What happened to the bomb on the bus? <gasps> So, yeah, on the whole, I really enjoyed revisiting this film. Can't wait to never watch it again. I reckon you will. There'll be a night, there'll be a time. I doubt I will. I hold you to that. All right, well. Should we do some drinking games? Uh, Yes, I think we should absolutely do some drinking games. Okay, well, first I've got drink whenever someone says the word spice. Oh, that's a good one, okay. Hello, I'm Pierce Cuthbertson Smythe. And today, I'm spending the first of five days with the Spice Girls. These are the Spice Girls. Spice Girls set to conquer the globe. Well, that was the Spice Girls, and if you want tickets for their first ever live gig, tough luck. You're just too late. Hello, Trish. I've been talking to a Spice Girl. Here at home, church leaders have reacted with shock today to reports that the Spice Girls have cast doubt on the religious conviction of the Pope. My final words are... The Spice Girls, I hate them! <laughs> So my first one is drink for cameos. Yeah. Which leads me to the question, what, what was your favourite cameo? Um, might have been Elton, I think. Elton's was the best because it was so pointless. Yeah. <laughs> he literally just, at the beginning of the film, like he just goes, oh, hi, girls. Oh, hi, Elton. Have a hug. He walks up. That's it, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was just available that day. Yeah. Like, he does absolutely nothing. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked Bob Hoskins. Oh, yes. Sorry, yeah, he was my favourite. Yeah. Spice Force 5, when they're all secret identities. <laughs> <laughs> 
I like the idea that Jerry Hallowell and uh, Bob Hoskins are in fact the same person. Yeah. <laughs> who else is there? So, so there's Meatloaf, there's Jules Holland. There's... Yeah, who looks so miserable. He does. He looks like he's having the worst time. Yeah. Um, there's Jonathan Ross, mm. Stephen Fry, Stephen Fry. Oh, Jennifer Saunders. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, Roger Moore, obviously. You do. You get a lot. So drink for cameos. I think you would get mm-hmm. quite drunk. Drink when someone mentions one of their personas. Oh, okay, yeah. So it happens. I mean, the, the, there's one scene where they all mention each other's personas. Like, yeah. oh, I'm not posh. What are you talking about? And then yeah. <laughs> there's a bit like, say, um, Alan Cummings says, "Oh yeah, focus in on that one, the posh one." Yeah. Which one? The posh one, the one on the left. <laughs> Why don't we give each other new characters? Like what? I'll tell that you what, what about bricklayer spice? Or um train spotting spice. What about sporty? But I am actually interested in other things. Oh. Spice. Go for it, girls, go for it. Drink for boobs. Yep. Again for a children's film. Yeah. There's a lot of like cleavage in this film. Yeah. They're very scantily clad in large portions of this film. Very true. Yeah. Well, listen to my next one, which is drink for unnaturally fast costume changes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I had so much fun with every month. You could argue that this entire film is a montage, really. Yeah, I suppose it is. Yeah, this is the closest I've come to seeing a film that is just a ninety-minute montage. <laughs> drink for every time Emma Bunton sucks on a lollipop. Yeah. Hair and scary, I think, are the two personas that have dated the most poorly. Scary for obvious reasons, because it's just a bit weird that people have decided that the black one was a scary one, mm-hmm. and. Babies just comes across a little bit cringily creepy at times. Mm-hmm. Like the scene in Italy when she's talking to the model and she's like, well, I've got this dolly and this dolly and this dolly and this teddy and this teddy all in my bed, so there's no room for you, mate. Like, yeah. Just a bit like, oh. It's weird. It's very, very creepy and weird, yeah. In my bed, I've got two teddies, I've got a rabbit, I've got two dollies, and one Susan, she's got a bad eye. And then I've got a green giraffe, which I won at a fair. It was the only one left, and I felt really sorry for him. Okay. Okay. Then there's Buzz, Woody, the alien, and then I've got a fluffy pink hot water bottle. So there's just not enough room for you, mate. Drink whenever Richard E. Grant chews the scenery. Mm-hmm. Lots of good outbursts and, yeah. Yeah. I liked the random little one-scene hint of a romance with him and the other girl who was like his... The sensible character. Mm. And it doesn't really go anywhere, but like... No, yeah, that was good. And again, it felt like it was lifted out of, like, a movie for grown-ups, because it was, it was kind of like, so what do we do now? Well, I guess it's a film, so we, we get drunk and have a wild night of lovemaking and then regress it the next morning. And he's like, I'm game of you are. Like, it's like, this is a film pitched at, like, eight-year-olds. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what happens now, don't you? <clears throat> What's that? We both sit here, getting more and more self-pitying, Telling each other tragic tales of lost lovers and end up deadening the pain by having a night of full-on bursting passion and end up completely ruining our professional relationship. Well, I'm up for it. If you are. And those are the drinking games. Very good. Okay, so before we get to sequels, let's talk about Patreon for let's. a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're on Patreon, and if you would like to support the show from any anything between $2 and $15,000 a month, we say this. Every single advert, and no one's no one's paying anywhere near that much. Well, one day maybe they will. If we make it our thing, then one day someone is going to do if it. If you just beat it over the head. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's it's like put it out into the world, and one day it'll come back. Right? Okay, okay, yeah. Well, if you do want to pay any amount between those two, please go to Patreon.com/slash Beyond the Box Set, and for there we have a few rewards for you. So we have a show called Beyond Beyond the Box Set where we review films, essentially films that we can't do on this show because. Yeah, we don't do films with sequels here. Yeah, so, and also like new cinema releases. We usually do older films it, here. So. It, yeah, it's, it's yes. Yeah, so we generally review cinema releases, but uh, occasionally other things too. Anything that is a request from any of our patron supporters. Yeah, um, you can literally make us watch anything for like as little as two dollars a month. I mean, not literally anything, but most things. Yeah, maybe within, not within, snuff movies. Or, yeah, like within reason. Yeah. <laughs> also, we will do a thirty-second ad slot for. Our patrons once a month. Yep. So you can advertise anything you want. It could be a podcast, it could be a business you run, or it could be something. I'm in a different apartment now. Yeah, I, I love the world you've oyster. Look, what could you pick? A random map of China. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, a load of ornaments, a lot of which from the Lego Batman movie. I like it, I like it, I like it. One of those goofy street drawings of somebody. Who is that supposed to be? Is that supposed to be Basti or is that supposed to be I can't tell if that's supposed to be Basti or Scott. It could be either of the two people who live here. Maybe, it's, it, maybe it's, it's like both, both of them combined or something. Yeah, if they had a baby, yeah. Yeah. Oh, a skeleton. 
if you want to advertise like a skeleton, which uh, seems to be John's nightmares for the past couple of nights. Yeah, I've been sleeping on a sofa, which is overlooked by a terrifying life-size model of a skeleton. So every time I've woken up and kind of briefly forgotten that I'm not in my own bed, the first thing I see is this skeleton leering over me, which is horrifying. So. Yeah, it looks really good quality, and um, I would I, I would recommend buying it if you go to skeletons.com. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea what's, what that website but, is. But, but that, that, that's the kind of advertising gold that you can yes. get um, <laughs> if you were to... Uh, Form an oddly queue, please. Become, ...become a patron supporter. Yeah. Um, and finally, for any of our patrons, once a month we will pick a film of your choice and do it on the main show and also invite you to come and guest on it as well. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, we can do online over Skype if you If are. you don't happen to live in Leeds. Yeah. It's quite a small, uh, <laughs> a narrow list of uh, our listenership. But yeah, once a month we will have it, definitely have a patron's choice and if that patron wants to join us to talk about that film they are more than welcome to do so encouraged encouraged indeed yeah so yeah all that is on a well i guess it's a tiered system on on patreon but uh, everything's available for every tier so it's essentially pay as you feel yeah so that's patreon.com slash beyond the box set cool all right you first so i have decided to do a series of films okay because Famously, the Spice Girls had this brief moment of uh, superstardom all over the world. And then they launched solo careers. Mm-hmm. And all five of them have had solo records out and solo careers with varying degrees of success. Ah, you're picturing a cinematic universe. I am. The title of my sequel is Spice World of the Cinematic Universe. The SCU. The SCU. Have you done the same? No. Good. Okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, basically, I've decided to split this idea out into five solo movies, all reflecting their own personalities. Mm-hmm. So I will now present five short pictures for some Spice Girl related movies. Okay. First off, I'm going in alphabetical order from surname. So first off, Mel B, as in Scary Spice, mm-hmm. in My Fair Scary. Okay. And this is going to be a straight up remake of the film My Fair Lady, mm-hmm. set in the modern day. Mel B, obviously, her personality trait is that she's, apart from being scary, is that she's very Leeds. Mm-hmm. Like she's very Yorkshire. She's got that thick Yorkshire accent. Mm-hmm. So in this like modern day retelling of the film, I think Stephen Fry loses a bet that he can prepare Mel B to take a leading role in an upcoming West End production of The Sound of Music. Okay. So I'm bringing two classic... Playing the lead. Playing the Julie Andrews role, yeah. Okay. Which in itself would be very funny. Mm-hmm. Because I thought, it could just be a remake of My Fair Lady, but I thought it would be even funnier if you had like the mix of both. You've got My Fair Lady and Sound of Music. Because the idea of Mel B singing all the Julie Andrews songs is, is I think, has <laughs> potential to be quite funny. I imagine Mel B singing uh, Do Re Mi. Mm-hmm. Do Re Mi, Fa Sol La Ti Do. <laughs> A duh, a deer, a female deer. <laughs> Your Yorkshire accent needs a lot of work. I've lived in Yorkshire for like 15 years. And you can't tell. I know, I really can't tell. I don't know. High on the hill with a lonely girl. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. I just think it'd be really funny, those flat northern vowels doing yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. And Stephen Fry would be a good kind of foil. I was like, you know, he'd play a good Rex Harrison, like, you know, because he's very well-spoken and proper. Mm-hmm. So I just like the idea of him kind of, you know, stressing out, trying to teach Mel B how to speak proper like... Okay, is he going to be in the in a musical? I mean, who would he play in The Sound of Music? Could play the captain. He could play the captain, maybe? Possibly, yeah. Yeah, maybe he loses a bet to star alongside Mel B in The Sound of Music. Yeah. So that gives it extra levels, because then he, if it doesn't work out, he's going to be humiliated. Yeah. And they're going to, they're going to fight, they're going to battle, they're and, going to have personality clash. And they're going to have a romance at the end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a really steamy sex scene. <laughs> yes, definitely. Oh, God, that'd be so awkward for everybody involved. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> But then ultimately, I think she will succeed and she will be able to deliver the role well. But she will also learn to be true to herself. Mm-hmm. So she won't have to change herself. She will. She's not going to lose the accent all the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that, that was all that one was. That was yeah. pretty straightforward. Okay. Next up, Victoria Beckham in The Devil Wears Gucci. Mm. This pretty much writes itself. Mm-hmm. It's a documentary style movie about Victoria Beckham's ongoing battle to win respect in the fashion industry. Okay. Because you know, Victoria Beckham is now a famous fashion mm-hmm. mogul. Yeah. I feel like her performance in Spice World may have inspired Meryl Streep in The Devil Wears Prada. Because it's kind of similar. <laughs> yeah, I think Meryl Streep was like, you know who I need to look at for acting tips? Victoria Beckham, Posh Spice. I'm going to do what she's doing. <laughs> wow. You've never lost so much credibility in one sentence. I stand by it. Yeah, so I think it'd be really funny. Much like Miranda Priestley in Devil Wears Prada, mm-hmm. she's going to have an army of like terrified interns who are running around doing it every bidding and mm-hmm. she just constantly dismisses them with like withering one-liners uh, and it just explores the age-old question of can the modern woman have it all because she's juggling motherhood a demanding career and constantly dodging questions about why that she doesn't want to reunite with the Spice Girls because mm-hmm. I don't even know this but the Spice Girls have been like 
threatening to reunite for the past couple of years now for like a, another tour or maybe another album or something mm-hmm. and she's the only one who consistently says no and everyone gets really mad at her for it mm-hmm. but I feel like as much as I would like to see the Spice Girls reunite I feel like it's fair enough she actually has a whole other career mm. I, I think there's something there I think you could do a a fun kind of Devil Wears Prada meets the September issue documentary thing about that just explores Victoria Beckham just basically this is just any opportunity to like have more bitchy one-liners yeah because she is the clear standout of this movie mm-hmm. so yeah Anyway, okay, so that's Victoria Beckham. Next up, Emma Bunton's movie. Mm-hmm. We're going to open this one with a fuzzy black and white image of Emma Bunton, modern day Emma Bunton, and she's now, I think she just turned 40, mm-hmm. sitting in a messy bedroom, wearing lots of heavy eyeliner, staring balefully, sadly, into a mirror, and in the reflection is Baby Spice. Right. But Baby Spice, terribly aged. Like, disturbingly so. So she looks like a mix between, like, Baby Jane from Whatever Happens to Baby Jane Mm -hmm. and, like, Little Edie from Grey Gardens, which you know you've not seen. Mm -hmm. She'll have the pigtails, there'll be too much makeup, and she'll have, like, the crow's feet, and she'll just look a lot older. It'll it'll just look awful. Yeah. So then we'll see Emma Bunsen, the real Emma Bunsen, place her hands to her face and give a silent scream. (laughs) And it'll cut to black and there'll be a title card. Emma Bunsen in Baby. And this is going to be a very sad black and white art house movie. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> in the style of like Ingmar Bergman, maybe with a touch of Lars von Trier, and maybe touching on the new wave works of French director Jean-Luc Godard. Mm-hmm. So all like real art house, arty movies. There's going to be very minimal dialogue, because I don't think dialogue is her friend. And we're just going to see little vignettes of Emma Bunsen going about her daily life. So she's going to be doing her radio show, promoting kind of mid-range cosmetics and stuff. She's going to be trapped in a loveless marriage with that freeloader from Damage that she's with. She's going to be caring for two ungrateful children. But everywhere she goes, she'll be haunted by the spectre of the baby. Mm-hmm. Every time she looks in a shop window, she'll see the reflection of the baby. Mm-hmm. Every time she's a photo shoot, the camera lens will show the baby. Mm-hmm. She'll see it in the face of a passing stranger. Like she'll be walking past someone in the street, they'll look at her and she'll see a flash of her own aged face with pigtails. And she'll be like, ah! And then it'll be someone else. Like, <laughs> uh, And soon she's going to start to unravel, no longer able to discern reality from fiction. Maybe we'll have some like different film styles. Mm-hmm. Like there's gonna be like a claymation nightmare sequence where all of her dolls become like these hideous aged mannequins with like sharp teeth trying to devour her or something. Yeah. And it's gonna be end with her wandering. Who is this for? What? Who is this for? Art house people. Okay. These films are all different genres. Everyone's got a different genre, and Bunsen's gone down the art house route. Okay. Uh, so it's gonna end with her. She's gonna be dishevelled and completely lost grip of reality, wandering through a branch of Hamblin's toy store, just picking up all the teddies and the dollies and mm-hmm. throwing them away, and it'll just cut to black in the middle of the scene it'll just say finny so it'll just be dead cut and that'll be Emma Bunton's weird French art house film sounds moody very moody very bleak very smoky yeah, yeah alright next up Mel C Sporty Spice mm-hmm. in Lost in Vocation mm. have you seen the film Lost in Translation no I wish you'd seen more films really it'd make this easier so this is going to be a, mo- a very modern kind of Oscar Basie drama in the style of Sofia Coppola who directed Lost in Translation Mel C is on a promo tour of Asia uh, where she's accepted a gig as a judge on the current season of Asia's Got Talent, mm-hmm. which is a real thing that she really did. Mm-hmm. And she only took the gig to fund another solo album. Nevertheless, she's feeling quite low and adrift because she's battling the fear that she's kind of sold out of her artistic integrity. And she's just a, a typical sellout now. Yeah. Because when Mel C first went, she had the, the most successful solo career after the Spice Girls. She had a period where she went to be like indie Spice, where she like protected, she kind of railed against being a Spice Girl and like she dissed the Spice Girls records. And she was like, I'm a real musician, I have guitars and stuff. So this film's kind of addressing that kind of, the challenge of coming out of a really manufactured pop band and trying to have your own identity kind of thing and not be a sellout. Mm -hmm. So while she's in Asia, she's very lonely, just doing this gig and not making many friends. She's drinking alone in a bar one night and she she meets a younger man who's going to be played by Timothy Chameleon. Okay. And they're going to begin like a tentative kind of friendship. They're going to bond over a few drinks and stuff and they're going to talk and connect and... Wait, sorry, which Spice Girl is this now? Mel C. Sporty. Okay, yeah. yeah. And ultimately, he's going to take her out on the town in Singapore, wherever they are, and basically help her to enjoy life again. Because in Lost in Translations, Bill Murray's character is an actor who's doing a cheese. He's in Japan to shoot a cheesy advert. Mm. And he meets Scarlett Johansson. And this film's like 15 years old, so Scarlett Johansson was like 20. In a bar, she takes him out, basically. And they go to karaoke, they go to a bunch of parties, and he meets all her younger friends, and they don't judge him, and he just remembers what it's like to feel alive again. Yeah. So it's basically that, but with Sporty Spice and Timothy Chalamet. Because I feel like he's the new male Scarlett Johansson. Okay, sure. If there's going to be... Yeah. It's, it's a weird prediction, but... 
You know, yeah, I feel like there's we'll comparisons. We'll see over the next 15 years how it pays off. Yeah, exactly. I mean, 15 years only he'll be playing the superhero. Who knows? <laughs> Um, yeah, so the movie ends with Timothee Chalamet's character's holiday ending and he goes back to America. They never, like, have a romantic relationship because that's in Lost in Translation. It's always like, are they, aren't they? But then they don't and it's, like, bittersweet. Mm-hmm. So they have a meaningful hug at the end and maybe Mel whispers something into his ear that is in- inaudible and he-, he fails to understand her on account of her strong Scouse accent, though, so it's just lost. Mm-hmm. And uh, credits roll. That's the end of Lost in Vocation. Mm-hmm. Okay. And finally, the last one, Jerry Halliwell in Mommy Dearest. Remind me of this one. So Mommy Dearest is a film, I think I've threatened to make you watch, we never actually watched it, mm. about Joan Crawford from Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Mm-hmm. But it's a film from the, from the 80s starring Faye Dunaway. Basically, Joan Crawford, her daughter wrote a book after she died that kind of accused her of being this insane, neurotic, like obsessive compulsive who like basically abused her daughter, like tried to steal the spotlight from her all the time, uh, was an, an obsessive cleaner. Mm-hmm. And it's a, but the film is trash. Like they made a film with the book and the film is this trashy, trashy trash. Uh, and it's really campy. And so I thought it'd be really cool to have a remake of that with Jerry Halliwell instead. Yeah. Because Jerry Halliwell also is very high, high maintenance and kind of neurotic and has a daughter called Bluebell. Right. It's just a straight remake of Mommy Dearest with Jerry wandering around her London mansion, just kind of driving everyone insane with her various neuroses. The movie's going to centre on this kind of combative relationship with her daughter Bluebell who she's constantly relies on for emotional support as she's trying various unsuccessful schemes to relaunch her career because I feel like Jerry Halliwell of all the Spice Girls does the least mm. like all the others have got new careers now and she just every now and again tries to launch a comeback with a new album a new single a reality show never really happens so sure yeah Jerry Halliwell in real life is also married to a very rich Formula One magnate like he's like a he owns one of the main Formula One teams Sure. I don't know Formula One. So in this movie, halfway through the film, he fakes his own death okay. in a desperate bid to get away from her, <laughs> leaving her in charge of his team because she inherits the management of the team. Yeah. A role she takes a very hands-on approach to, despite having a complete lack of knowledge or interest in the sport. <laughs> uh, and this comes from, in Mommy Dearest, uh, Joan Crawford was married to the owner of Pepsi. Right. And then he died and then she stepped in and became like a, the head of the board of Pepsi and stopped promoting Pepsi everywhere until she got fired. So yeah, I felt like Jerry Halliwell as the head of Formula One, would be pretty funny. So eventually, Bluebell, the daughter, escapes to private school, then joins her own girl band. Like, it's a hot young girl band in the, in the vein of, like, Little Mix or something. Mm-hmm. And she attempts to launch her own music career. However, just on the eve of her first big headline gig, she falls ill with a mystery bug that may or may not be poison. And uh, Jerry, humiliatingly, for herself, insists mm-hmm. on taking her place. So this is, like, this 40-something woman elbows away and, like, decides to do the gig. So it's, like, in a girl band, like, four girls who are, like, 18, 19, 20... And then this middle-aged woman who's like trying to be one of the girls kind of thing. So for that, pretty funny. Because mm-hmm. that's another thing. Joan Crawford's daughter tried to be an actress and got a role in a soap opera in America, playing like a teenager. And then she got sick. And then Joan Crawford came in and stepped in for the role. But she was like 50. So it mm-hmm. just was, made no sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just thought that'd be a thing to do. And so the film ends in a future, a scene in the future with Bluebell and her brother Monty, Jerry Halliwell's other child, uh, receiving the news that the now deceased Jerry has disinherited them from her will which is what Joan Crawford did with her children, mm-hmm. for reasons that are well known to them. And Monty's going to say, as usual, mother has the last word. And then Blue, there's a close one bluebell. She says, does she though? Does she? And end of film. Interesting. Because mm. that's the end of Mommy Dearest, because it's leading up to her writing the book. Yeah. So that was my, that, that's my Spice Girls cinematic universe. Cool. Is it going to merge in some kind of... Yeah, at some point they'll have to get together, won't they? So <clears> I don't know. Mm. I mean, they're all so different. They're all such different films. Maybe it ends with, like, a more traditional Spice Girls, Spice World sequel where they're all just, like... I do like a let's get the band back together kind of film. Yeah. So maybe that would be where it would... Be. Maybe they've all had these weird solo films out and none of them have done anything. Mm-hmm. And then they decide that they're better together than they, than they are individually, so... Okay. Well, mine is a classic get the band back together. So cool. we could just... Maybe. I don't know. Sieg straight into that? Might work. Okay, guys. Before we get on with the show, I just want to take a quick moment to talk to you about our new sponsor, Studio. Studio are a high-quality Swedish headphone brand offering a range of stylish wireless headphones and accessories for all your listening needs. Now, personally, I like a nice chunky over-ear headphone, so I'm currently using their Regent Design in black. The sound quality is absolutely fantastic, and they're really easy to use and carry. Best of all, if you're a podcaster or a musician and you sometimes need that guaranteed zero-latency sound while recording, these headphones do come with detachable wires that you can use to connect them directly to your phone, tablet, or computer. If you prefer something a little lighter, they also offer classic in-ear and sports headphones in a range of colours and designs. Just go to studio.com to explore the full range. And if you enter the offer code BOXSET at the checkout, you can earn 15% off your first purchase. 
That's studio.com, offer code BOXSET. B-O-X-S-E-T, no spaces. Okay, now on with the show. Okay, so mine. Mm-hmm. Just going to have a bit of a, um, a prologue. Sure. So set in present day, we're going to pick up in a Jules Holland show. Right, sure. But like the Jules Holland show, his TV show? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we pick up with a, um, a modern day Jules Holland show, and he's putting on what's a quite a well-received show with acts like Ellie Golding, Ed Sheeran, Anne-Marie... The audience is having a great time, so is Jules, outwardly at least. But deep down, he knows that the music on his show at the moment is just not at all what it used to be. No. At the end of the show, he goes to his dressing room, downs a large glass of whiskey, starts chain-smoking cigars. Oh, Jules. <laughs> um, he has a knock on the door, and he opens the door, and on the floor, at the end of a trail of blood, is Simon Cowell. At the end of a trail of blood? Was, uh, As in, like, he's crawled there. Oh, right, we're still alive, but badly hurt. Yeah. Okay. And he says, like, it's dead, Jules! Music's dead. You, you, you need to bring it back. <laughs> Simon reaches into his breast pocket and pulls out a scrunched up piece of bloody paper, hands it to Jules, and his arm falls to the ground as the life leaves his body. Oh my god. Strong opening. Jules opens up the paper and reads a letter which we don't see. He looks right from the letter, directly into the camera, and, and murmurs, Dear God. And then a title comes up. Spice World USA. Spice World USA, okay. Cut to about two weeks later, and we catch up with where all the girls are now. Okay. And this is where it could, I guess, kind of tie into the end of each of your plots. Sure. Each of them gets stopped by men in black suits and bundled into cars. Okay. But what had you said that they they were up to now? Or had you not really written I, I hadn't done anything. Okay, fine. Cool. Oh, so it ties together quite nicely. Yeah. They've all made a bunch of really weird films. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they all get driven to Heathrow Airport and their cars stop on the runway. Their drivers instruct them to get on the plane, which will arrive shortly, where they will be given further instructions. Mm-hmm. They all get out on the runway and have their have a big reunion hug and a, and a scream and a and a catch up and stuff and they all decide that they don't like being bossed about and so they're going to refuse to get on whatever plane arrives and won't do what anyone says. Sure. A short while later, a plane pulls up right next to them, painted as a Union Jack. Oh. They are all instantly of the Spice Plus. They are all instantly excited, apart from Posh. They can't buy me with with a Spice plane. Dave's already bought me one. <laughs> It stops and the door opens. Do you think she calls him Dave? I don't know. Does anyone call him Dave? It's always David. I don't know, but y- y- your partner always gets the option of whatever they want to call. Oh, sure, yeah. I just can't imagine her being like a Dave kind of person. Yeah, I don't know. But sure, sure. Continue. Yeah. Or maybe she calls him Bex. Bex. That's even weirder. They're both Bex. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. Yeah, I've heard people do it. Yeah. She probably just calls him, you shut up. <laughs> Stop talking. <laughs> it stops and the door opens. There is dry ice, a lot of stage lights coming out of the plane, um, as a shadowy figure steps out and down the steps, while Spice music plays in the background. Um, as the music draws to a close, the lights dim, and we can see that in a fabulous costume, feathers and all kinds of back and stuff, it's Elton. Oh, great. He's having a bigger part in this. Oh, good, okay. It's not just a cameo. Is he wearing the same outfit he was wearing in uh, Kingsman 2? Pretty much, yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah. Just as ridiculous as it can be, it's actually. Great. He says, come on, girls, your country needs your help. And they'll scream with excitement, see Elton again, and run onto the plane, which takes off immediately. Well, obviously, it's considered to be larger inside. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> it's just a warehouse. <laughs> um, it's almost exactly the same set as the bus from Spice World, but mm-hmm. with an extra area for, for Elton. Sure. I have no idea what that would look like. What would you suggest? Elton, I think it would have to be filled, like a, a fabulous dressing room with like flowers in every available space, like Newborn puppies, like, frolicking. <laughs> Servants spraying, like, spritzers and mists. And, uh, <laughs> a hammock. His own music playing gently in the background. Yeah. Yeah, everything. Okay, nice. So Walton's going to kind of take the Richard E. Grant role in this, but oh, okay. uh, only only very slightly. Okay. Alton, what is going on? We're not getting the band back together. We all have successful careers of our own now. Do they? Yes, you know, to varying degrees, yes. Sure. Okay, darlings, let me give you the lowdown. Good Elton. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best it's going to be <laughs> um, MI5 have received intelligence from Jules that the Americans have found a way to produce new pop artists with such a plastic sound at an unprecedented rate it's killing the British music scene as all our original musicians have gone to shit now too and so the American musicians are the only ones earning any money we need someone with the hype that only you girls have to go to the States and destroy the source of this wow Elton that sounds like it could be Dangerous, says Baby. It will be. You are Britain's only hope. So they carry on their journey and you know, probably bicker along the way. Um, and eventually arrive into New York, okay. where there is a world press waiting for them on the, on the runway. 
as they've all received news that the Spice Girls are actually reforming for the ultimate tour, starting in America. Oh, cool. Elton stays on the plane. Uh, <laughs> <Just> hangs out. <laughs> um, he hasn't got his own commitments, you know. He doesn't want to upstage them. No, sure, yeah. I mean, who would you rather see? Obviously the Spice Girls. Yeah. Mm. Have you heard Elton sing these days? Huh? God, it's like a wheezy old set of bellows with a little, just a little bit of air left in them. Like. <laughs> I hope he's not listening. I hope he is. <laughs> Actually, no, he'd, he'd probably sue us. <laughs> <laughs> so there's cars waiting for them, which take them to, um, in fact, a military compound run by MI5, um, where they all get trained in hand-to-hand combat. In high- New York? In a New military York, compound New, in New, New York. York. New York State, I don't know. Owned whatever. by MI5. Come on. <laughs> Aliens land in the first one of those. Okay, yeah, sure. Fair enough. You're right. If it's in the style of the first one, then who cares? Yeah. Matter. So they're going to be trained in hand-to-hand combat, high-level driving skills, and advanced weaponry skills. Commence a series of montages. Ooh, fun. Which would be something special, I yeah. think, for all that. So who's going to be... Does everyone going to have a specific style of fighting that they're going to be good at? Yes. Um, I was going to get to that later. Oh, okay. Um, but I mean... No, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it later. Okay, sure. So after a few days, um, they get another visit from Elton, and um, he takes them into a dark room. A he, dark room or a dark room? A room with not much light. Okay. <laughs> not like a sex dungeon. <laughs> no. Uh, Elton plugs something into the console in the middle, and we get a large hologram of uh, the state of, of Florida. Many X-Factor finalists died to bring us this information. <laughs> <laughs> we have found an incredible yet disturbing fact. Miley Cyrus is not who you think she is. The girls say, a sellout, awful, overrated, a whore. They would... Okay, I'm going to take major issue with that. (laughs) The Spice Girls are all about girl power and feminism. They would never call another woman a whore. Okay, sure, I'll take that one back. Thank you. Whoa, girls, calm down. We have found out something much worse about her than all those things. The Miley Cyrus you know isn't actually Miley Cyrus at all. Well, how do you know? Because there she is, he says, pointing to the corner, where there is essentially a broken-up robot that is Miley Cyrus. Okay, so Miley Cyrus has always been a robot. She's always been a robot. Can I ask? I- I'm coining the phrase pop-bot. Pop-bot, okay, cool, yeah. I think you might have coined that phrase. Question, why did you choose Miley Cyrus? Um, I was just trying to think of a fairly plastic American singer. Okay. I would have gone with Taylor Swift, but sure. Sure, yeah, I'll take Taylor Swift. Yeah, I just feel like Miley Cyrus is kind of... She doesn't really do much these days. Mm. You know, she had Wrecking Ball and then she had a few things since then, but I feel like Taylor, if you want someone who's like dominating the charts right now, Taylor Swift makes more sense. Sure, that's absolutely fine. I mean, it could still be Miles Cyrus. Let me just read this next paragraph. Okay, so, sure. Elton says, the signal which was coming from her has a source. Disney World Florida. Okay. It appears that Disney is the company behind this and we need you to infiltrate and take them down. The Spice Girls versus Disney. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll, so, I'd... so initially, I went for, that's why I went first. Sort of a, a, a Disney act, Miley Cyrus. Oh, especially yeah. I guess she is. A, she's part of the Disney family, isn't she? So, yeah. Or she was. Okay. Cool. Now I'll go with it. Yeah. But I mean, I'm, I'm kind of hinting that essentially all all current pop singers are robots. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, whatever. Yeah. So they got on a spice plane and uh, fly into Florida um, with the pretense of going to Disney World. It's kind of like a press tour or something. Sure. I don't sure. know. Because the world still really wants to know. <laughs> as soon as they pass through the barrier, they instantly go undercover, or try to anyway. Hilarity ensues. They're all... Awful. Is that another fancy dress montage? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, they're all awful at sneaking, and uh, keep getting noticed by people, partly because they're bad, but also they're the Spice Girls. They're, they're recognisable. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, Instantly. As recognisable as J-Lo, yeah. if not more. <laughs> So they work their way to the castle, uh, which is obviously the where, Disney the, castle, where, where, okay. where the signal's coming from. Sure. And uh, they all take a different route to the castle and arrive at the castle gate separately. Uh, Scary is carrying the severed head of a mini mouse. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> well, they've had to fight their way there, essentially. Maybe that is... Okay. The... On the one hand, I'm horrified, <laughs> again, by the notion of Mel be killing a beloved female character. Uh-huh. But I think that's so not girl power. On the other hand, I really want to see that scene. <laughs> I want to see that whole fight decapitation scene. Like. Well, maybe you do, maybe you don't. I don't know. Ginger, um, she's just turned up with a giant stick of candy floss. Okay. So she's got distracted there. Cool. Um, Sporty's carrying the tongue of Goofy, dripping with blood. Oh my God. Baby gets there wearing just Minnie Mouse ears. And uh, Posh arrives in full Snow White outfit and makeup. Well, should So they've, they've all had very different adventures to get here. Oh, okay, so Baby didn't kill Minnie Mouse as well. She just she got some like oh, she, yeah, she, she got some clip on here. Yeah. She's had a good time. Yeah. Okay, and what was sorry, what was Posh's one? 
Uh, she arrives in full Snow White, Snow White outfit and makeup. Okay. So what we're saying is the Mel's are killers. The rest have just had a good time. Essentially. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah. It's plausible. Um, they all comment on each other's trophies yeah. and uh, go into the castle. Um, in the castle, now this is where we're going to have some proper fight scenes. There's going to be five guards on different floors for them each to get past. So five guards for the five spice girls. They're all going to have fights in their own different ways. Okay. Also, they're all going to be different American pop bots. Oh, okay. So these are all five current pop stars that they have to fight. Yes. So I, I've, I've not planned out who these are going to be. I was hoping you could help. Okay. Uh, so yeah, if you're going for like current chart dominating, so you could have, well, Taylor Swift's obvious. Mm-hmm. And also who they would be good at fighting. And then what that Spice Girls power, uh, sort of skill is going to be. So for example, Sporty, she could just do a load of backflips when somebody's shooting at her with a gun or something. Okay. And just dodges all the bullets or something like that. I was also thinking Baby can just smile and all the bullets or whatever just melt and that's, that, her power is just smiling. Sure. Okay. And it works in kind of like a sort of Scott Pilgrim kind of way. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see. So maybe Taylor Swift is like a literal fembot. That's something that she's been accused of in the past. So you know the fembots in Austin Powers like with the guns in their mm. boobs. So maybe she, she's that kind of fembot. Sure. So then, yeah, so then she goes versus Mel C and Mel C does her backflips to dodge all the bullets and like Roundhouse kicks her head off or something. Yeah. I guess if Baby's power is being smiley and happy, then she has to be fighting someone who's miserable and depressed. Uh, I'm trying to think what pop stars right now moan a lot. Oh, okay, I know. Lord. Lord? You know Lord who did Royals? No. New Zealand singer? We'll never be Royals. Oh, Royals. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, cause she's all moody and dark. And mm-hmm. then, so yeah, Lord versus Baby Spice. Yeah, because Lord's all like very takes herself very seriously. So yeah, her, so she's being all moody and you know goffy. Mm-hmm. And then Emma Bunsen releases the power of the smile, and she just bl- explodes in a cloud of glitter or something. That works. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was thinking maybe Gaga v Posh. Yes, the fashion icons. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. What what would they fa- would they just have like a pose off or something? I think it's like a full on fashion show. Full on fashion, yeah, just full, just a full on like competitive catwalking. Yeah, to the death. <laughs> yeah, catwalking to the death. Yeah, and Victoria obviously wins with her just line of little Gucci dresses that are mm-hmm. you know, instantly more impressive than all of Gaga's crazy costumes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking Mel B versus Beyonce. Okay, because Beyonce is like go? sorry. How would that go? Maybe some kind of dance off. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's gonna be like that scene in Indiana Jones. So basically. Beyonce is going to challenge Mel B to a dance off to the death. <laughs> yeah, she's going to do full like single ladies choreo. Yeah. it's going to be like popping and twerking, and like, she'll have like a full marching band as a yeah. She'll do the whole, she'll do a whole yeah. production, and then she'll do a fist pump into the air, and she'll stand triumphant. Mm-hmm. And then Mel B will just go, "Oh, fuck off!" and just punch her in the face and win. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yeah, cool. I like it. Um, we've missed one. Have we? So we've done baby, we've done sporty, we've done past. Oh, ginger, Jerry. Mm-hmm. So Jerry would be against... Um... Oh, Ed Sheeran. Yeah. The new ginger king of pop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. And uh, how would that go? Um, Maybe she could break his um, his pedal thing. Yeah. And then just be like, come on, try and, try and perform now. Yeah. Whatever fight they have, he's initially going to have the upper hand. But she's going to know... She's going to say... As a fellow ginger, I know your greatest weakness. <laughs> Direct sunlight. And she's going to like pull over the curtain and it'll be like... <laughs> and it just turns to dust like a vampire. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like okay. it. That's good. All right. So after all that, they eventually get to the top of the, of the highest spire. Sure. Where there is a large room with a huge Disney logo above the door and a large machine at the opposite end. They all run towards it with intent to disable it and shut down the American pop bots worldwide. They're stopped by the giant Mickey Mouse with red eyes. Oh, no. He steps in front of them. And he puts up a good battle. All the Spice Girls use all their different skills to try and beat him. Sporty manages to jump over him and um, get behind him. While the others distract him from the front, she destroys the machine and turns around to watch that the giant Mickey falls against the wall, down to the ground, dislodging the Disney sign above the door. They all put themselves up, you know, stuff their shoulders a little bit. <laughs> Maybe one or two of them are, are injured slightly or something, and I'm not sure. Maybe they could have, like, a Spice Force 5, kind of, you know, like, that could just flash up as a title sequence. Sure. Because that's the action film that they, they were pitching oh, yeah, and it didn't yeah. happen, so yeah. Just as they're leaving, the Disney sign falls down and crushes four of them. <gasps> Who survives? Leaving Baby unscathed. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Pick my favourite. Yeah. She tries to pull Scary out, but uh, Scary's arm comes away, revealing that she was a pop-up. Oh, my God. Baby screams out loud, What does this mean? <laughs> and uh, the camera pulls back to a wide shot of the broken spice skulls in the doorway. Pulls back further 
to reveal that painted on the wall, previously hidden by the Disney logo, are the words, Big Daddy Corp. <gasps> oh no, they're back. So does that mean That's Baby it. might be a robot too? They all were. Oh my god, like Westworld, she was a robot, but she didn't know it. Mm. Wow, that had layers. Mm. Is that it? That, That's that it. Thing? I like how Big Daddy just keeps creeping in there. <laughs> <laughs> Got fingers in so many pies. Mm. Yeah, I think that might be some of your best work. That was re- I was very <laughs> engaged with that. Like, this film brought something out of you. Like, yeah, it took time to get there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really have any questions. I think that's an interesting perspective. I'm happy with that. It turned out well. Yeah, I think the idea of, like, a let's get the band back together, like, zany, like the original, mixed with extreme violence and disturbing imagery and, mm. yeah, fighting with modern pop stars. It still feels on brand to the original. It kind of does, yeah. Yeah. I think you win this week, definitely. Okay, so listener submissions. Mm-hmm. We've had several this week, as always. So, uh, first off, with some nice title ones. Nick James said, Spice World, Fallen Kingdom. Okay. That could actually be the title of yours. You know what? That's better. Yeah. What did you say it was? Spice World USA. Sp- yeah, Spice World, it, Fallen Kingdom. It didn't really Kingdom. have the, the hit, because that was just after Jules Holland was like, dear God. Yeah. To Right to the camera. So, yeah, Spice World, Fallen Kingdom. I'm, I'm having that. Who was that, sorry? That was Nick James. Nick James. I'm taking, I'm taking that. Thank you, Nick. Yeah, thank you, Nick. Uh, Mike Carey said, Spice World 2, Fear of a Spice Planet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cecil Hops at one Aussie nerd said uh, Spice Universe. Solid. It's mm-hmm. a very good. Bit bigger and better. Indeed, yeah. Bigger, better, faster, more. Well, you could always stage it a little bit and go Spice Galaxy for now. Mm-hmm. And then go Spice Universe later. Yeah. And then Spice Multiverse. Oh, it just, it just, it just <laughs> run, run my Now God, we're talking. Yeah. yeah. Mike Cockerton said Spice World 2, The Legend of Sporty's Gold. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah. Johan Kaikonen said Spice World 2, The Wrath of Beckham. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Marissa Dunham said, Spice Ghouls. They're all ghosts now. Oh, Spice Ghouls. Ghouls, yeah, yeah Spice yeah, Ghouls. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Spencer Cop just said, Logan, but with Mel B. <laughs> <laughs> like it, like it. I guess she really would be Scary Spice then because she'd be a killer. Mm. She'd have, yeah. Very good. Andrew J. Hawthorne said, Spouse World. Mm. They're all married and disillusioned and decide to get the band together for one last tour, mm-hmm. which I guess is fairly similar to ours. Sean Corrigan said, Spice World 2, Old Spice. The girls have to show those young upstarts from Lambda House that some things are timeless classics and that they've still got it. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's the Spice Girls versus modern modern pop singers. I guess similar to yours, against the modern brand, modern generation of pop singers. And yeah. They're all twerking and having trap anthems and doing double step anthems and stuff. And the Spice Girls are like, no, just classic chorus and melody. You know? Did you say double step? That's what he's written down. Oh, right. I don't know what it means. Maybe you meant dubstep? Probably means dubstep, yeah. Maybe that's the joke. Like yeah, they, don't right. know, they don't know the real term. Sure, sure, sure. Just, just wondering who made the mistake there. If it's the characters, if it's the writer of that tweet, or if it was you. It was anyone but me. Um, <laughs> so that one's going to be rated PG-13 for slapstick shenanigans, light snogging, and one side boob belonging to Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> oh, that's good. Actually, we should do more ratings like that. Yeah, we should race our films, definitely. Yeah. Dennis Fanning said... And this... also listeners for your submissions. Please, yeah. yeah t- do that. Advise that's, us on what the intended that, audience is, yeah. That's a really good idea. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Fanning, the, the Spice Time Continuum. The Spice Girls must team up with their past and future selves mm-hmm. to save the universe. Each posh looks exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> Blokebusters, Spice World 2, The Quickening. Mm. The Spice Girls are awoken from cryogenic sleep, much like Dr. Evil, and find themselves in a world filled with pop stars and bands created just like they were, but vastly inferior in quality. Mm-hmm. Again, this is much like yours. Mm-hmm. They realise there's only one solution, to kill all those who were created as they were. So first they must kill Simon Cowell, just because... <laughs> Then they go. It's got a lot of similarities to yeah. mine. Then they go on their murder spree, becoming both more famous and sounding better as each band or pop star falls. So each one they kill, they absorb the strength and get better themselves. Ah. Ultimately, they finish their mission, and every idol slash pop star etc. who's been out since the year two thousand is dead by their hands. Mm-hmm. Their albums hit triple platinum, and the world is both horrified and amazed. <laughs> they all agree to go back into stasis to be called upon if the idol madness ever happens again. So I guess this is the idea of this is this is Spice Girls versus like pop idol and X Factor culture, which all happened straight after they did. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, spoiler alert! Of course, it does happen again, and there's at least four more films. <laughs> Bosk at Bosk Bounty Hunt, the usual Spice Girls. The plot follows the interrogation of Emma Baby Spice Bunton, a small-time radio presenter who is one of the only few survivors of a massacre and fire on a tour bus at the port of Felixstowe. She tells an interrogator a convoluted story about events that led her and the girls to the boat, and about a mysterious mob boss known only as Pigtails Lollipop. Using flashback and narration, Bunsen's story becomes increasingly complex as two stories become one. Mm. Very good. So I guess that's based on the usual suspects. Yeah, it must be. False Starts Podcast said Spice World Z. 
The world is overrun by zombies. The only thing that can stop them? Pop music. Oh, great. <laughs> the Spice Girls must travel around the world with their post-97 hits such as Viva Forever and Goodbye, using the power of their harmonies to stop the zombie onslaught. Jerry quits the band halfway through production and gets killed off by a zombie. Mm-hmm. Meatloaf takes the place of the fifth Spice Girl in full Union Jack dress. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Oh, man, that sounds on brand. Yeah, definitely. Uh, launching the pilot at Launching T-Pilot. The Spice Girls are taken by spaceship, but they think it's an intergalactic song contest, but in reality, they'll be ground down for space fuel. Wow. Also, Liam Neeson's in it, for reasons. I guess <laughs> it's a bit Taken-ish. Yeah, yeah. Spice World 2, Taken. Mm. Uh, we Watched a Thing, at We Watched a Thing. Again, Spice World Fallen Kingdom. That came up a lot. Mm. The Spice Girls have a bad day when Jerry is abducted by a government agency hoping to use her as a super weapon. <laughs> so I guess she's the Velociraptor in this, or the Enorma Raptor. Okay, sure. Yeah. Just two more now. Brazzle Dazzle Gay, at Geeky underscore Spice. Said the aliens. What a name! Great. Can we just take a moment there? Brazzle Dazzle Gay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the aliens from from the original movie have been in a space war for generations, mm-hmm. desperately needing help. They come to Earth, which they mistakenly think is Spice World. <laughs> they kidnap the girls and take them into space. Imagine a Galaxy Quest type film, but with the Spice Girls fighting aliens. Ah, I would yep. love to see Galaxy Quest with the Spice Girls. Yep, that works really well. That'd be really good. Mm. And finally, Leighton Reese at Leighton Reese. After the spice bus explodes at the end of the first film, the girls go into hiding as it's become apparent they are targets of a crazed plot. Twenty years go by and they are finally released into the public eye after being gone for so long and they adjust to the new world of celebrity. Mm-hmm. Spotify, Twitter, Uber, etc. Mm, yeah. yeah, very good. So yeah, those were our listener submissions. Thank mm-hmm. you guys. If you have any sequel ideas for Spice World the movie or any films we've done in the past, please let us know. We are Beyond the Box Set. You can find us at beyondtheboxset.com. Our podcast is available on all good podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Acast, Stitcher, Google Play. You name it, we're on it. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash beyondtheboxset and get merchandise at TeePublic. Just search Beyond the Box Set. And we're also on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Beyond the Box Set or at Beyond the Box Set. And so next week, mm-hmm. we are going to continue our musicians turned actors sing your way to an Oscar season. Technically, it's your turn to pick one, but we've decided to swap around for reasons that I don't know yet, but you have you've requested, and I graciously. Well, we've got two more episodes. We've got two more episodes, yeah. And I feel like I've got a pretty good idea. It's going to be a um, popular choice, so okay. I just wanted to finish on a high note. And as we have established, it is your podcast. Yeah, I, I am but a hand servant, so I, exactly. So you know, my decision is final. Yeah. So, so we've decided that uh, my episode is going to be better. Cool. Well, as punishment <laughs> for that, possibly, I get to choose a film next. So I have chosen a film that I don't think you'll you'll see. I'll be very surprised if you've seen this film. I'll be surprised if you've heard of this film, but this is a film that, even though I don't think a lot of people will have seen it, it gets referenced weirdly all the time. Okay. This film was referenced repeatedly in Deadpool 2, and it really made me think, like, what is the audience crossover between this film and Deadpool? Mm-hmm. So, for that reason, and also because it, fa- it stars another very famous Oscar-winning, actually, oh, right. Oscar-winning musician and mm-hmm. actress and director. Any of that for this film? No. but she is an Oscar winning actress and an Oscar winning songwriter and she directed this film Mm -hmm. but was controversially not nominated for an Oscar for it Mm -hmm. anyway all of this is a lot of spiel to reveal that next week we are going to be discussing the film Yentl directed by and starring Barbara Streisand ah see now her I've heard of you've heard of Barbara Streisand yeah well we'll get to the reasons why that is next week I've seen her in something you've seen her in a film Meet the Fockers it's got to be Meet the Fockers no, no, I've not seen that. Uh, what have I seen? Already? Funny Girl? No. I just can't think what Barbara Streisand film would you have seen? Mm. The Prince of Tides? I don't know. What, what, what happened in the film? I don't remember. Were your parents big Barbara Streisand fans, maybe? She's their generation. Don't think so. No? The Guilt Trip with Seth Rogen? Did you watch that? I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. Uh, no, I'll, I'll find out by next week. I'll, I am on tenter hooks as a genuine, and you're going away for a week now, so I'm not going to speak to you much for the next week. So I'm genuinely going to be like, yeah, yeah, cool, great. Well, I have not heard of this film. Great. Well, thank you everybody, and uh, tune in next week for this for Yentl. Yeah, for, yeah, Yentl. Yep. See you then. Yeah. Well, we did it, John. Six episodes in a weekend. It's it's been quite something. Yeah, it hasn't all gone according to plan, but a lot of things. it, and we've got what like two hours until I need to get on a train. We've done. We've done it. Great. In the nick of time. Fantastic. Well, that's because we are what? Professional. Mm. All right, sure. Girl power. <laughs> <laughs>